So we've thought about several ways on how to start this podcast. And to be honest, to be honest, guys, to be honest, I think Farai has a riddle for us that has just blown our minds. I thought too deeply about it, but I'll let him just share it with us. Let's go ahead, sir. Okay, so the riddle goes like, what has keys but no locks and room and space but no room? So I'll do, I'll do that again. What has keys but no locks? And what has... Okay. What has keys... Okay. What has keys but no locks and space but no rooms? Welcome to the ALU podcast, The Entrepreneurial Leadership in Africa. Today our guest is Farai Mudroma, the founder of the founder and CEO. We can't we can't discredit the accolades here. The founder and CEO of Shasha Network. Uh, maybe he can introduce himself a bit more, tell us about his experiences, and then we can dive straight into the topic of the day. Thank you so much, uh, Savannah, for the introduction i think <laughs> it's very welcome um so my name is Faraim joma i am the ceo and co-founder of uh, shasha network so shasha network is an education uh, startup in zimbabwe which focuses on delivering high school students specifically access to digital learning content and you might be wondering why the name shasha so shasha is actually shona for champion Ooh. And um, Preach, if, sir. if Preach. someone if someone is amazing in school and athletics and everything, we call that person a shasha. Right. So shasha means champion. And what our belief at shasha is is with the tools and the capacity to make young people champions in their academic journeys and most importantly in in their journey of life. All right. Well, for those of you who don't know, this is our very first podcast with AOU Podcast, and we are going to be talking about entrepreneurial leadership and the processes that come with being an entrepreneurial leadership, um, of being an entrepreneurial leader, sorry. Mm. Um, so we're going to be looking at entrepreneurship and leadership as well. Uh, we're going to be looking at the five W's, so the what, why, where, when, and who. When it comes to entrepreneurial leadership in Africa, I'm speaking too fast. I need to slow down. Um, and what general themes that can be discussed during this podcast when we're looking at entrepreneurial leadership in Africa. So I'm guessing you know what this topic is about. Entrepreneurial leadership in Africa to introduce the first podcast with our guest Farai. Now, um, he's already introduced himself. My name is Savannah Olo. I will be your host every week <clears throat> on this podcast. And uh, as I already said, we're going to be talking about entrepreneurial leadership in Africa. So what do you think entrepreneurial leadership is to you? Um, I think, first of all, I think entrepreneurial leadership, thats a, those are like big, big words, right? right? And I think when we think about entrepreneurship, it's a buzzword that has been taking the world by storm. Everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. Exactly. Especially in this digital age. Yeah, if everyone is an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. Um, and it's sort of like has become a, 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 a lifestyle, right? Right. So you're something plus an entrepreneur. And, and what entrepreneurial leadership is all about, it's, it's a mindset, actually. Right. It's okay. a mindset which encompasses, you know, problem-solving, proactivity and human-centered uh, approach to looking at life's problems and addressing them. 
right? Uh, this is the entrepreneurial leadership. It's not just entrepreneurship, right? So the right. leadership aspect comes where you're leading the self to actualize what the opportunity and the challenges are. And you also have to lead others to recognize that they can to, they themselves too can take the action to actually solve these challenges. So we are not just flipping things. You right. are purposefully committing yourself to solving a challenge or a problem, regardless of what scale it is. Right. Five minutes in and I'm already learning something very, very dear. So my follow-up to what mm. entrepreneurial leadership is, what exactly is the reason as to why we need to care about it, especially now with this growing generations and digital era? So I think as an institution, ALU is all about, you know, entrepreneurial leadership. We right. are a institution of risk takers, right? Right. And, and that touches on different points from the staff to the students to the founders. Right. We are people who are trying to reimagine education, right? What, what that means is as people, we should be at the forefront of caring about entrepreneurial leadership because that's what our lives have shown us we're capable of doing. And let me give you a bit of context about that. All right. In, in, in a world where there are so many challenges which are breeding other challenges, right? We sort of like desperately need a certain breed of people that are able to have the patience and the commitment to address them, right? And they can address them in so many different ways, right? right? Yeah. You can address them as an intrapreneur, so someone working within an already existing infrastructure to solve them. Right. Or someone that is developing the infrastructure to solve them, right? But that's a topic for another day. But uh -huh. that's a topic for another day, right? <laughs> but I think why we should care about is, I think coming from a continent like Africa, where we are faced with problems left, right, and center. Right. And we are constantly contending with these challenges. We need entrepreneurial leaders who are able to look at those problems and not, you know, complain, but start actively looking for solutions because no one is going to solve these things for us and unless we take charge. So be the change that you'd like to see, essentially. As cliche as it is, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> For every quote that Dr. Phil, um, Dr. Seuss has put, on, mm. has put us on, um, so who needs this the most on the continent and how can we start embodying it? I think everyone. There's no... I think there's no, there's no one who's excluded from this entrepreneurial leadership. Okay. I think from the public sector, to the private sector, to the home, right? right. Uh, you can be a father and a mother and still be an entrepreneurial leader, yeah. right? I think the biggest notion that we sort of like try to want to remove is this idea of an entrepreneur, you should own a business, right? A leader used to be a politician. Okay. And as ALU, we are trying to flip that mentality and say everyone can be an entrepreneurial leader. It's a mindset. Right. It's a mindset which strives for problem solving. It strives for em enhancing and improving that which already exists. So you can have entrepreneurial leaders in ministries. Right? You can have entrepreneurial right. leaders in schools. We are simply saying people should not wait for problems to manifest themselves in, on a bigger scale when they themselves do have the capacity and the power to solve them. So that's why you look at entrepreneurial leadership classes and people are being taught about leading the self. 
right? Okay. That's important. Leading others. Entrepreneurial leadership starts in your own bedroom, right? <laughs> Do you clean up your room, <laughs> right? Do you leave the AC on every time you leave? Do you switch off the lights? Like, it's those basic small responsible steps right. that define if you're an entrepreneurial leader or not. All right, so you talk about that, but like yeah. let's let's break it down further, right? Okay. So we said entrepreneurial leadership are yeah. two bold things that have been put together. Yes. So narrowing it down to just entrepreneurship now. Yeah. How do you, how would you differentiate an entrepreneur mm. from a business owner? I see. I see. So businesses take different forms, right? right. Um and 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 there's no start and finishing line to right. where this entre- this spectrum is. Like, right. They are all entrepreneurs. Right. But on the spectrum of the entrepreneur and the entrepreneur, it, it's different. So let me okay, explain. I, I see what you did you, with the two terms. Yeah. All right, cool. So the, the, let's look at the guy that started McDonald's. Right. right? Uh-huh. Or KFC, Kentucky right. Fried Chicken. That guy is the entrepreneur, right? Okay. The guys that are later on coming to buy the franchise... They're right. business people, right? All right. So uh-huh. they just invest. But the person that said, look, this concept, I'm going to engineer it in this way, I'm going to create this model, is the entrepreneur, is the risk taker, is the guy that is going to take capital, labor, enterprise. And the risk. And the risk. Right. And say, I'm going to create this. Yeah. Um, because you can be seated at your home and looking at the stock exchange and saying, okay, I'm going to invest in this company, I'm going to invest in them. You're a business person, but it, it doesn't necessarily make you an entrepreneur, right? So, you do see the risk element, right. but I think there's a spectrum. Yeah. So what I'm understanding from that is that it mm-hmm. takes heart to be an entrepreneur. It takes heart. It takes doing hard things. And big cojones to yes. <laughs> be an entrepreneur. Yeah. All right, then. So mm-hmm. d- diving it back to you're a CEO and a founder. Yeah. Big accolades right there um, of Shasha Network. So how have you embodied that into your entrepreneurial journey Mm -hmm. and also you being a business owner as well? Would you consider yourself a business owner? I'm I'm, I'm both. I'm an entrepreneur and business owner. So let's look at it from the perspective of you being an entrepreneur and Mm -hmm. then comparing it to what you experienced being a business owner as well. Mm. Okay. And and by the way, there's no really big demarcation, right? right? I think as an entrepreneur, one thing that I've realized is my biggest responsibility is yeah. being empathetic with the user, right? right. And yeah. that's one thing that entrepreneurial leadership teaches you. You have said a very valid point there. Yes, yeah. you need to be empathetic with the user. You need to put yourself in their shoes. Right. When I started this journey, I had no idea what a certain segment of users was like. So I would only experience the product from the perspective of someone like me who has access to internet at home right. and Wi-Fi and the laptop and who has digital literacy, right? And then we created this online learning platform which was meant to create education access. But we right. realized that the people that were creating education for were people that already had access to other options of learning, right? right? So this became a second option to them. But we, our goal then as we became mature and we grew because again, entrepreneurship is always looking for ways to improve, yeah. right? So we had 15,000 people going on our platform. Right. Plus, within accolades, the first... Accolades, right? people. <laughs> and, and this was like with zero marketing dollars. Right. Right. But just word of mouth. Mm. However... I then realized when I went to a community school in a rural community and 
I came up with this platform and I was like, these people, one, they don't have the electricity to use my platform. Exactly, yeah. They are afraid of computers. And it's true. Some people can't switch on computers. Some people cannot read in English. Okay. Some people do not have, do not have Wi-Fi, right? Yeah. So the problem that I think I'm solving for, it's not reaching to the right audience. So what that has pushed me to do is to put myself in the shoes of the people that I'm trying to work with to impact, right? right? And there's a problem with entrepreneurs where we are coming and saying, oh, we want to save these people. We want to give them this. A real entrepreneurial leadership does not create, does not help it co-create. So you work with the community to create the solution. Okay, break it, break, break that point. So I don't come with something and say, this is the, the, the solution to your problem. Take it. Okay. Right? I, I, I come with the mindset which says, what's your pain? What's your suffering? What do you have? What do you not have? So you can sort of design specifically to their problem. That's to the solve human centeredness oh, of okay. entrepreneurial leadership, I get what right? You mean, right? So at the end of the day, I am not designing something that goes against their values, their culture, all these other crazy things, which we tend to overlook when we're sitting in an office and we're having AC and 24 hour lighting and we're trying to create a solution for someone. Who doesn't have Who doesn't have that. that. Oh, okay. And they're using cow dung to light their house. Which, <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy, right? But that's how many businesses and, and, and social impact projects are being run. Right. So now, I think as an entrepreneurial leader, it's sort of like pushing yourself to like, let me be in the spaces where the people that are experiencing my product are. All right, so how were you able to do that? Like, take us through your process of creating the Shasha Network mm. and how you're able to like integrate yourself within the community to find the solution to their specific problem. Okay, uh, that's a good question. So we started Shasha in 2014. Right. Uh, and at the time I was a high school student, mm -hmm. I was uh, 17. One thing that I realized is I had been made the CEO of a junior achievement program. So junior achievement is one very big non-NGO which has gone out of its way to create smaller ecosystems of businesses run and operated by students right. within different countries yeah. across the world, right? So Mark Cuban is uh, the guy from Shark Tank. Right. He's a JA alum, you know, with all those amazing people. So I was made the, the CEO for my junior achievement company at my high school at right. the time. Because I joined it when I was in Form 2 and I was Form 6. They're like, we're going to promote you and make you the CEO. But most of the problems that we are addressing were at a school level. Right. As part of my strategy, I wanted to take the, the money that we were getting from all those kids that would fit in our pockets right. and sort of like invest it in orphanages and lesser privileged schools that were around us. So I came up with an idea because I grew up watching Sesame Street. Right. Right. At the time. <laughs> and I was like, you know, number one, there are two things which happened and I want you to follow it clearly. Right. Number one, Zim was messed up at the time. Right. Teachers were now leaving. Right. Economics is, is bad. Yeah. And what that meant is teach books were expensive. Um, teachers, when we're leaving, we had 
high student to tier ratios. So the quality of learning was slowly going down, but everyone had access to a cell phone when they went home. Okay. The question was, can we create a platform? Can we create, can we come up with a solution that enables us all to not pressurize ourselves with the very few resources that we have? So that was number one. But then when my hypothesis was trained, was 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 proved correctly, is we had this money and then we invested in buying DSTV decoders for an orphanage school. They only watched TV for two weeks. Right. And when we went back, these kids were speaking in good English. From zero, they had access to good English. Right. And I was like, TV, this TV is coming at a very minimal cost, right? Yeah. How can we use the same thinking and rather than face the challenge of access to knowledge and everything like that, how can I turn the content that has been making people pass in my school for the past 10 years? Because we already know that exams don't change in many countries. They yeah. just redo them. Yeah. So how do we put that on a platform and just like we have done with this DSTV, share it with the rest of the world? Right. And the kind in, in, at that time, it was how can you share it with the Zimbabwean students and have them have access to the same platform or the same information? And that's how we sort of like thought through it. It was a process. And in, in many cases, people think, oh, someone was looking at a glass board and they made this equation and they're like, oh, this is the solution. It's not like that, right? It, 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 right. It, it, it's, it's, one I think plus it's a one is not two. One plus one, it, it's 11, it's three, yeah. right? So you have to go through this process of testing different models and making things work. So that's how we set it up with Shasha. And right. then because I was part of that incubator sort of like program, mm. I had the capacity to receive support and mentorship from some of the best business people in the country who knew and understood what I was trying to achieve with my team. All right. Yeah. So obviously you're looking at it from a point of, you know, this is a problem. Mm. Um, this is a solution to a problem that mm. is dear to you, yes. right? And it's dear to the community and essential to building the future generations of the community, yeah. essentially. So how did you look at it from a business perspective? So that's that's the thing, right? So for me, it was never about the the money. But let's just Until, be honest. Anytime you start a business, like money is essential. Money is I know. Like to people, run it, <laughs> to sustain yourself. I know. Something. I, I, right. I think I think I think one thing which made it possible for us to make progress right. is because I didn't have a family. I didn't have a wife. I, I didn't have liabilities. Right? Okay, right. And at the point I was like, I'm having fun. Like I'm having fun creating a solution. Right. Then right. it's when people said, wait, you can make money out of this. And I'm like, really? I'm just trying to help people. And that's how naive I was at 17, right? Because okay. it's, 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 it's like you are simply trying to create yeah. a solution. But then the monetization was like, okay, we're going to have students on this platform and we're simply going to sell space for companies that, might be interested that in are interested in advertising directly to this user group. All right. But afterwards, I was like, there are companies that want to sponsor math content, English content, sexual awareness content, yeah. and they're willing to pay someone with a the platform. There are people that are willing to get training for e-learning. And I'm like, if it gives us more money, then why not? And as well, from what I'm understanding is that yeah. you're looking at it from a 
in as much as you try, they try to make you a business owner. Yeah, you are still looking at the impact of that. I was looking at the impact, yeah, or of that one advertisement that will yeah. go to that student. Yeah, so that's that's pretty interesting, yeah. very inspiring. I I, I could say. Mm-hmm. Um, so you are a graduating yeah. student at AOU, yeah, African Leadership University. For those of you who don't know, and you know, you have Shasha Network, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. literally. In your palms. Mm. So where do you see yourself after AOU? That's a really interesting question. Um, (laughs) I have been dedicated to working on my company for the past five years, five months. Right. right? By end of this year, it'll be five years, six months. And over the, the past years, one thing that AOU has enabled me to do is start looking at my company from a more bolder perspective. Right, okay. And what I mean by that is, if you're not willing to eat the high echelons of, you know, achieving the biggest, most daring goal, right. then you've not started. Right. What would that be for Shasha Network? I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there. All right, I'm sir, there, let right? me not pace you, okay. Um, but... We've realized that we are in a we are in a I think if you're to look at life from an intersection, if you're to mentally do a diagram, right? Right. Start off with a plain, plain, plain canvas, right? right? Yeah. In the mid, you're gonna draw a straight line. Right. Okay. That straight line we're gonna label it time. Right? Okay. This is getting deep. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and then on the we are gonna draw another horizontal line, which is going to cut at the middle of that at the straight line called time. Right. And we're going to call it networks, right? Okay. And we're going to make three more lines, which are going to call, which are going to cut through the same center. Right. And we're going to call that skills. We're going to call that capital. We're going to call that mission, right? And at that middle sweet spot, that's where every entrepreneur requires to be. Okay. when they go ahead and pursue what they want. And for us with Shasha is, we are looking at this goal of educating 2 million students by 2030, right? Okay. Which is fairly reasonable, right? And we know it's achievable because we are using tech to scale. Right. The biggest challenge that we have realized is the people that we want to impact do not have the financial muscle right. to incentivize their own learning. Okay. Because... In a typical African society or country, education is the business of the government. The government pays for education. It has to ensure that it has to. But we've we've realized that education has become more like a political stance. Like Mm -hmm. we are giving you free education, right? So the biggest spender in the country, who is the government, is not willing to release those dollars to reinvent education and impact people. So we have to look for a special type of investor called an impact investor, that's able to look at the, the, the business model and say, look, we are willing to partner with you. Either you innovate your business model. And by the way, my dissertation was on business model innovation. That is very impressive. And social enterprises. Because that's how I'm thinking about it, right? right? Yeah. And I've, I've come up with a... I've designed my journey as a student and as a business person in a way that marries what my impact might look like in the future versus okay. what I'm learning in the classroom. Right. So if we want to work in rural Africa, Shasha should make working in rural Africa sexy. Right. Okay. And what I mean by that is 
if someone would want to go to New York and work with Goldman Sachs, right? right we should have the infrastructure to attract the best talent and say, look, we will put you in the Masai Mara, right? Mm-hmm. With nothing but mosquitoes and dead roads. But... <laughs> <laughs> Way to but, paint a picture of Africa yeah, yeah. like that. No, okay. no, 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 no. But this is the reality with rural Africa, right? Right, yeah. But we are going to create a good enough space where we bring in, you know, the best kids from ALU, right. from Princeton, from Harvard, and we need to put them in these communities where they're able to say, look, how can we work with these communities to solve problems? Right. Because as much as we want to, to impact rural Africa, which is like 63% of the continent, we can't do that from Santon. We can't do that from Cape Town. Right. We can't do that from New York. Right. We need to get the nucleus of the problem solvers into those communities. And that's what we're looking at as Shasha to say, we understand that we're in education, but for us to actually have the impact that we want to do is we need to work with you know, um, UNICEF. Right. We need to work with governments. We are already working with governments in Zimbabwe. We are mm-hmm. working with local teachers, right? right? We need to go be, and there are opportunities which exist there because we can also start tracking data, right? We can start integrating. By the way, the three most abundant things in Africa are people and land, right? You said three. And passion. That's the <laughs> third thing, right? All right. We have people who are passionate about learning in Africa. Yeah. And they have a lot of land. And they have a lot of siblings with the energy to work, but they don't have the money to pay for education. Right. Shasha is looking to marry the two. How do we create a model that sustains agriculture and at the same time uses those funds to facilitate the learning of the people? Right. Um, instead of me going to a government and saying, can I have this money? I am going to work with, my, with the community. Either you start a chicken project or a rearing project and you go to businesses within that country and say we are working with these people in this rural community to rear chickens i know that your company has ten thousand people that want to eat chicken every single month right buy from us and have a direct impact on education that's easier than knocking a minister's door and saying can Hi, we have money? Can we have money? <laughs> it's not gonna work so that that's the bigger picture that we're looking at but for me to get the I understand that it's a process of patience, it's a process of building capacity, it's a process of building credibility. Drive and passion as well. Drive and passion. I think my drive and passion account is loaded. Right. Capital account, not really. Right? <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and, this is, and, and I'm saying this because I see so many young entrepreneurs. You know, the average age of a Silicon Valley entrepreneur, guess how, how, how old it is? I would say 23. 35. What? Yes. It even goes up to 40. Right? I would really expect it to be younger. No, it's because that's what mainstream media teaches us. Right. There's Zuckerberg. Right? Right. There's these young and sexy entrepreneurs. And you have all these people say, I want to start a business. I want to start a business. Like, that's, that's not the place to be. Right. This game requires perseverance, it requires patience. And even if you're an entrepreneur, what I've learned it's all about, it's about creating a longer term relationship with your business. Right. So I am married to Shasha, right? And I'm willing to work to make that relationship work until we're able to grow it beyond what it currently offers. But it doesn't mean that we are not in the process of 
adding every small step and role that we can now. Because I'm only 23. Yeah. Right? I still have so much to learn. I would rather go work with an entrepreneur that understands this landscape, that understands how to raise money, that understands how to tell a story to raise, to get seed funding, to get to series A, to get to series B, to finally get on a stock exchange. Right. And I will take that knowledge and plant it in my business. So it's it becomes about designing your own process. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard it anywhere else where you're here today mm. on the AOU podcast, um, Entrepreneur Leadership in Africa, and we have definitely broken it down into the experiences that Farai has had. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Savan. Um, I just want to ask, do you have any last words, any forms of advice when it comes to people who are looking into entrepreneurial leadership or just entrepreneurship as a whole? Yeah. Um, just start doing. Start doing what you think is possible and really don't don't go on social media and feel pressured because people are sharing. There's this sickness. It's a sickness, actually. It's called <laughs> grandpreneurship, right? <laughs> don't go out just competing with peach decks and not actually going on the ground and getting shit done. Wow. Right? Because at the end of the day, PowerPoint presentations don't impact people. They don't put money in the bank. The business or the entrepreneurial risk. Then. Yes. So many entrepreneurs and quotes, especially in our age, right. are starting to have a tendency of saying, I'll do this competition, I'll do that competition, I'll do that competition, I'll do that competition. The first thing they get when they get that money, they want a trip to France. Right. <laughs> right. So when that Call starts happening, when that out. starts happening, it's a problem. Right. We we Africa has so many problems to solve. We can't be getting all this grant money to go for trips to France. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> so all he's trying to say is always start. Yeah. Just start. Pitch decks are not enough. Yeah, pitch decks right. are not enough. All right. So do you want to give the audience a response to the riddle that we had earlier? Um, it's a keyboard. <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah. So it, what was it again? What has keys but no locks, space but, but no, no room. room, and that's a keyboard. It has a space key, and it has keys, but Damn, you just don't Ladies lock and it. gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today. We are the AOU Podcast, Entrepreneurial Leadership in Africa. I'm your host, Savannah Olo, and I will be seeing you next week, and we'll be talking about entrepreneurship, aside from entrepreneurial leadership. So, yeah, thanks for listening in, and see you next time. Thanks, Savannah.